You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's alive! You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. From her, you bitch! You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. Cinematic Leap. Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week, we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, or crew member from this week's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co hosts, Michael Thompson. A fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. <laughs> uh, nice. And Glenn Grady. That guy was already up there when I got here. <laughs> There's uh, another one from that scene funny. I was singing. Gentlemen, how was, are we? Uh, good. All dinosaurs <laughs> feed the T-Rex. <laughs> I, like, I did that. I did. Like... Oh, look, if you wanted to take quotes from this movie, you could have taken forever. So mm. plenty to go. You've yeah, got something in your true. teeth, Scott. <laughs> uh, no, really, you do. Um, yeah, yeah, all going well. It is. It's a midweek recording you know? for us this time. Something different. It is. Yeah, still not morning, which is good. Mm. You know, because it's like you know, morning voice. That was a thing. It was. What was that for? It was very much a thing. What? Which pub was that? That was. Is that where the wild things oh. are? You had a real croaky yeah. voice. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, so. it might have been. Um, or was it eight millimeter? That was one of the two. Yeah, somewhere around that zone. Yeah. Are you excited, Michael? We're starting the first of your th- of your triumvirate. I am. I am. Um, I I think I've plotted my path, and like it was a tough tough ask. Like there's kind of options, um, and you know, Deadpool kind of gets me to a few places I really want to go. Um, and I was like, oh, where do I go now? But I think I've I've settled on a plan, and. You know, in the end, Scotty, I think you'll be happy with it. You're worried about, like, you know, how am I going to get to where I want to go to? And I've got probably the path that's going to get to you exactly where you want to go. To the, so, what, to the Godfather or you, or is he somewhere oh, else? Oh, no, not the guy hard. No, no not, the, not the Godfather. That's weird. It's a great so, film. No. you got to watch La La it. Land. Watch it. No, that's Straight great. to La La Land for you, Scotty. Did I change you? Because I did mention Bill Corso, who was our leaper this week, to you prior to last week's pod. Yep. Have, has that did that basically change your whole ideas? Um, or I think it it opened up an idea that I didn't have um, by getting it to Deadpool, um, and then it takes me to a thing. But I think I had uh, not strike that. That was probably yeah. It it really kind of changed everything. Because I'm I'm curious got, to know when we discuss it uh, where you would have gone. Yeah, After. had you not mentioned it? Yeah, yeah. I think I was um, I was going to go with Neil Patrick Harris to Matrix Resur- Resurrection. That's right. Keanu Reeves to Constantine, then Rachel Weisz to The Mummy. Um, yeah. Wow, I would have had so. a rough three weeks. <laughs> the mummy's awesome. Or, well, that would have been hard to know, leap from. So I'm not that too. I'm not disappointed. No. Not that disappointed. Go, to the, go to the whale. No. Um, well, I haven't seen. Or it would have been Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and, you know, it could have also split off to Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Uh, but definitely it would have been Keanu Reeves, you know, possibly to The Matrix, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Event Horizon. But what you have missed out on by getting to The Matrix is getting to Hugo Weaving and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, thank you. taking you there. Thank Christ for that. So that was that definitely really interesting there. That would have been a whole podcast. And, and there was a, like, Mary Vernu would have got me there too. If I'd gone through Knives Out. Then the Salah Barker, who was a stunt guy, I think. Then Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> oh, um, hopefully we've avoided the Lord of the Rings at this stage. But we'll see what happens. It's still open. Maybe I'll just take you there for fun. Just why not? I'll be hilarious. You should do it. Totally do it, Glenn. Don't do it. Just do all three. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Isn't that like nine hours or something? <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Anyway, this week's movie, as we have already mentioned, is Deadpool which is a 2022 action superhero film based on the Marvel no, no, comic character 20, of the same 20, name. 
2016, Scotty. Oh, sorry. Whoops. 2016. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't update my uh, my notes from that was, the other one. That would have been Deadpool 2, maybe. Uh, no, that would have been earlier as well. Uh, sorry, it is a 2016 action superhero film based on a Marvel Comics character of the same name. It is a spin-off of the X-Men film series, and, it, which, and it, this is the eighth installment overall of that series. It is directed by Tim Miller, who is making his feature directorial debut. Obviously stars Ryan Reynolds, co-stars Morena Baccarin, Ed Screen, uh, TJ Miller, Gina Carano and Brianna Hildebrand. Had a budget of $58 million. Made seven hundred eighty-two point six million, uh, so it did okay. So yeah, it's, um, 12, yeah, it's a little bit successful. 13, 14 yeah. times its budget, so it's done pretty well. Yeah, which I think yeah. the last two <laughs> movies have only barely made their money back, if at all. So this, as in Dead Deadpool two. Oh, you're talking about the last two. Yeah, movies. so uh, yeah, which oh, is yeah, yeah. where the wild things are, no, and the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes has an average score of 80, critic score of 85% with an audience score of 90%. Critic consensus, fast, funny and gleefully profane, the fourth wall busting Deadpool subverts superhero film formula with wildly entertaining and decidedly non-family friendly results. Uh, Metacritic, Metacritic has an average critic score of 65 out of 100 with an audience score of 8 and IMDb has an average rating of 8 out of 10. Michael O'Sullivan of the Washington Post scored Deadpool 3.5 stars out of 4, calling it voraciously self-aware comedy and the first R-rated Marvel film with real teeth. He praised the film's, praised the film's attitude and tone, uh, Reynolds for making Deadpool a likeable character, and the film's action scenes. The rap's Alonzo Duralde uh, said Deadpool shouldn't work, but it absolutely does feeling that it mm-hmm. successfully balanced comedy with superhero action and that chemistry between Reynolds and Baccarin gave enough weight to the plot to support the tone and violence. Uh, speaking Calvin of, Woods, uh, <laughs> sorry, Scott, but speaking, sorry, of ba- speaking of balance, have you got any reviews that have a different opinion? Because there's a lot of foes around, surely. They're, they're, to be honest, it was largely pretty positive. Right. A lot of uh, positive ones. So Calvin Wilson at the St. Louis <laughs> Post-Dispatch gave the film three and a half out of four, saying it was smart, sexy and outrageous, but that would not work without Reynolds, which is probably true. Mm. And just for you, Glenn, I'll see if I can find a negative. Three and a half, that's that's similar to my, my score. <laughs> well, who knows what my score is. Uh, here we go. Writing for the Los Angeles Times, Kenneth Turin said, Deadpool gets off to a fun start, but the character eventually wears out his welcome. He noted that through the film was a complicated narrative. It is masking a conventional Marvel origin story. Uh, although he did end up saying some nice things about it. Uh, and maybe San Francisco Chronicles' Mick LaSalle did not appreciate the humour, fourth wall breaking or violence. He concluded the film is bad, borderline garbage, but disturbing too in that it's just the kind of fake clever awfulness that might be cinema's future. There you go, Glenn. Yeah. I found a negative one for you. That's actually wow. interesting to hear, though. Like, even I should throw one of those in every week—a really negative one because it's quite funny. Well, I try to just really trash. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I usually try and get a couple of positives and then a negative, or oh, yeah. vice versa. But this no. one, when I was reading through them very quickly today, there wasn't a lot of negative stuff about it. It was mm. pretty well mm. received. Interestingly, Deadpool has, has received many awards and nominations, recognising the film as a whole, as well as the cast performance, particularly Reynolds as Deadpool. Several technical areas, including the film's makeup, sound, and visual effects, and the film's unconventional marketing campaign. It was nominated for two Golden Globe Awards, four Critics' Choice Awards, winning two, the director, a Director's Guild of America Award, five Empire Awards, I don't even know what these are, seven Golden Trailer Awards, winning two, a Hugo Award, two key art awards for marketing, winning both, eight MTV Moving Awards, uh, winning two, a Producers Guild of America Award, four People's Choice Awards, that they might say one, two of, three Saturn Awards, winning one, and 16 Choice Awards, winning two. Also won something at the Writers Guild of America Award, but did get shut out at the Academy Awards, which was seen as a snub. Which, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a... Yeah, you don't see many superhero movies at the Academy Awards, really. And normally I would agree with that, but this one might have, this one I reckon would have been fun. Anyway, (laughs) uh, Michael, Um, the Leaper, Bill Corso, 
Why did you pick him, Scotty? Well, why, why, did, why, did you, why did I tell you is probably the question I'm asking myself. Why did you pick Bill Corso? Uh, because you suggested that this guy could uh, get me to a place um, that was different from, you know, from other options. So, and it, uh, it's turned out, I think it's turned out well. It's turned out well in my favour. And, yep. and he's, like, he was a makeup guy, is that right? Correct. So he, yes. he did, he, Brian Reynolds looked really much better than usual, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Mm. He's done very well. <laughs> He actually, <laughs> considering that he might actually, he he actually won a like of a, awards for the makeup. So yeah, we can't even dispute. He certainly it, looked like, yeah, he certainly looked like an avocado had uh, made love to an, an older avocado, and made an uglier, uglier avocado. To paraphrase the quote from the film. <laughs> uh, so Michael, you obviously this is as we said before, this is the first of your three films in a row. Why did you choose <laughs> Deadpool? Um, I think out of the films that were. You know, Bill Cosso has done. That was probably the one I thought. You know, that's probably the the better one that I can get up, get behind. Yep. Um. So yeah, and look, it's you know, and in the scheme of things, it set me up to like take on two films that I really love next. So much like Bullet Train did, you know, last season, last season, one of those seasons. Mm. Yeah, last um, season. Yeah. Hmm. This is gonna do the same thing for me. Yep. So. Well, this is very Bullet Train esque. In a lot of ways, mm. it's that similar style of yeah. film, except there's no train. Well, there's yeah. no train in this one, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Glenn, your thoughts when we chose when the wait, we chose when Michael chose Deadpool. We, is is there a word for half afraid and half angry? <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been Matrix Revolution. Yeah, you you, you seemed a lot like you were going to be a lot more angry about Frang- Matrix Resurrection. Frangry. I was frangry. No. Um, frangry. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was um, uh, happy that it wasn't the Matrix one because Resurrections. After watching the second Matrix film, I hated it so much. I didn't watch the third one. Um, you haven't watched the third one. Right. Uh, oh, Glenn. Um, I actually haven't watched to. the second one yet. Oh, I really terrible. enjoyed the first one, but I haven't got on. My to first it. one was good. Yeah, but yeah, first one. Um, they're not and, terrible. But, and I remember watching Deadpool different. a few years back and really, really hating it quite a lot so um yeah i wasn't that excited but i mean i didn't hate it as much as the matrix uh second matrix movie um so yes anyway watched it again yay nice been there glenn (laughs) uh look i was pretty happy when michael picked this i remember enjoying it um it's funny the first time i watched it i still remember it i was i was at home i was lying on the couch the kids were busy i think my wife was crook so I thought, oh, I'll just I, someone had said Deadpool's cool. So I thought, oh, I'm not really into superhero movies, as I've, everyone would probably know who listens. But I thought, oh, look, I'll give this a, a watch. And I reckon after about 20 minutes, I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? This is not Superman. This is not what I was expecting going into a superhero film. And then I think the kids mm. started yelling, so I stopped watching it. And I didn't go back to it. And then I decided one day, no, nah, I've got to go back and watch this film and loved it. I just It was just uh, just a lot of fun. This film is right up my alley. I enjoy it. It's just, yeah, it's fun. It's crude. It's got action. Ryan Reynolds makes me laugh every time, and it's got some, yeah, really funny jokes. Every so, time, you might, every time I hear about Deadpool or hear the word Deadpool, I keep getting that song stuck in my head from from Wrexham. Yeah. Oh, it's right now. It's just playing over and over that one line, the Deadpool line. What? It's just, oh, anyway. We've got Deadpool and Rob McElhenney. Yeah. you got to watch Welcome to Wrexham. I'm probably not going to watch it, but all right. Yeah, um, yeah super, superhero movie. You might actually enjoy a few, movie, a few more superhero movies, Scott. Yeah, you, they've changed. You never they're know. Not, they're not your Superman from your, you know, your, um, your 80s and your Batmans from your 90s. When this movie started, Wait, it was like a Marvel movie, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Do I need to watch? Do I need to have watched? Because I forget. I've got it. He's not in the Revengers or... Oh, that's a joke. I know, I know it's been, a joke. I know, I'm kidding. Good, good, <laughs> good joke. <laughs> yeah. That was a joke. But but I forgot he was the was an X-Men link in this or whatever, but I Yeah. I, it really it really is a standalone in that kind of whole series. But, like, you so know, the, is this um, the Marvel universe? Is this part of the Marvel universe because it's a it's, Marvel movie? Is he in the same part of the X-Men universe, which I think is a Marvel yeah. thing? But, and I think he was in yeah. one of the X-Men, from what I've gathered reading today. He was part of one of the X Men movies, and then they've done the origin story for him. Oh. Yeah, at, at the time, like um, they had X Men, which were, I think I don't know what studio owner, but it wasn't Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Um, so they were separate. Um, I think it might have been by Fox or 20th Century, somewhere in there. Um, so they've kind of gone through and, and done all the Mar- like the X-Men movies. Um, Deadpool kind of fits in that. And then Ryan Reynolds and, and friends have kind of pushed to make that film. Meanwhile, you've got the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe universe going on as well. But they kind of fit in that same space. Now Disney's acquired that property, they're kind of bringing it in. So, well, you know, they've been making more mention of mutants in um, uh, various Marvel movies. And I think we actually even saw um, Beast, uh, if you know who that is. I think it's played by, um, oh, what's his name? Who was the guy in Cheers with the, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, so he, he played it in... Um, uh, in the, the original um, series of movies, and and we, we he made a cameo in, in um, the um, the Marvels in the recent one. So um, yeah, they're starting to link them to you know sew them together. Yep. So yeah. All right. So it just sounds like more movies I'll probably try and avoid. Excellent. <laughs> you got time, G? Yeah, there's like thirty <laughs> movies. There's twenty eight. Isn't there twenty eight in the Marvel universe now? I've got another eight X Men. Like this is thirty six movies. This is way too much. Oh, you just gotta you gotta see them. You see them as separate films. They're just like a you know they're pre real Marvel Cinematic Universe anyway. So you know they're just separate. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I mean some of the, you can, there's actually Marvel movies you can you know ignore like uh, pretty much the Eternals. You can just sidestep that one. So there's a movie dropped off your list for you. Right. Well, I've ignored all of them pretty much so far. So that's a, yeah. We'll just stick with that. Sure, uh, Michael, over to you uh, to throw to the trailer. I love you, Wade Wilson. We can fight this. You're right. The cancer's only my liver, lungs, prostate, and brain. It's all things I can live without. What if I told you we can make you better? You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. You just promise you'll do right by me so I can do right by someone else. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. One thing that never survives this place is a sense of humor. Uh, we'll see about that, Pop Spice. Oh, come on. You don't leave me all alone here with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? Hey, yeah, I want to shoot. Wait! You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. Cue the music. Rick's like old lady pants in here. Why such a douche this morning? Oh, God, you are hard to look at. You look like the topographical map of Utah. Exactly. I am very turned on right now. You are haunting. You look like an avocado had sex with an older avocado. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, very good. It's interesting. Like you mentioned the marketing earlier, um, and it really kind of did take a, a different tactic. And one of the the big things that kind of really got it pushed to be made was that sequence where he jumps off the bridge and into the car. Um, that was that was kind of made as like a, a leaked sort of thing and released and then really built a lot of um uh I guess sort of uh hype for Deadpool. Yep. Um so yeah, the, like it's it's part of it was partly in that trailer, but it's like um yeah, it was definitely released as its own thing well and truly before the movie came out. And people go on, Yeah, that looks cool. We want Deadpool mm. and that's how it kinda, you know, flowed on from there. 
Yeah, because so, I think yeah. I was reading somewhere that he wanted to, Ryan wanted to make it, and then Green Lantern bombed. So the studio really backed, <laughs> really backed away it, from him. Yeah, it, it bombed so hard. Well, I mean, it, and why would you? Like, the guy's like a, a superstar. It wasn't, I don't think it was um, Ryan Reynolds' fault that Greenland bombed. It was um, maybe it's part of the DC curse in the sense that, like, um, uh, they went for an animated suit, which kind of looked a bit, you know, which is what make, they've made lots of reference through it in Deadpool, and they Deadpool 2 kind of pops up again. Yeah. Um, and oh, I didn't get that. You know, oh, that's why he said now, not a green, not a green suit. Yeah, <laughs> not a green suit or animated. So now I actually yeah. understand it. But I just thought it was- yeah. Well, there's more too. You probably would have seen there was a little figure of like a guy with like swords coming out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. That was from. Um, it was actually from a, another X Men film with Hugh Jackman. It was about like a Wolverine project, um, and it might have been him. And uh, essentially, we actually sort of we see where. Wolverine and Wade Wilson crossover. Yeah. And like, you know, he's like the Merc with the mouth who's like one of his kind of things. And, you know, he does these cool things with swords. Um, and eventually um, they kind of, you know, split off. And then it turns out that the same program that made the Wolverine made like, you know, Weapon X or something like that, which is um, uh, they kind of made Will uh, Wade Wilson into like, you know, this kind of, Exactly the thing that's like they're talking about in this film with the like you know warriors with like control chips and or like you know um, control colors, um, but they've given him like long blades out of his hands, his rapid regeneration, um, and they sew his mouth shut, and that's another reference to like you know um, like you know other films. So there's a lot of kind of dotting of other kind of um, uh, X Men movies and other stuff throughout this film. Yeah, so, there seems to be a yeah. lot of Easter eggs in here that if you understand the universe, you'll understand. A lot more. I just enjoy it because it, there's some funny lines through it, but there's probably mm. a lot more nuggets of information that you probably appreciate. So many nuggets. More than I, do. I did. So. Yeah. But. Lots and lots of nuggets. Hmm. Um, and when you go to watch, you know, um, Deadpool 2, uh, like, you know, that comes, I think he actually goes back and shoots uh, him, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds for playing Greenland as part of a time travel thing. Um, so, yeah, so hmm. that's like, you know, at the end of the. Movie thing, kind of funny. You know, we should probably get onto the plot, right. eh? Michael, over to you for synopsis. Obviously, there will be spoilers, so if you do not want this movie spoiled for you, uh, obviously pause the pod, go away, watch the film, come back to us and listen to our review. Michael, over to you for the synopsis. Rokey dokey. All right, so uh, Wade Wilson ambushes Ajax, um, Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, um, and a convoy's men on an expressway. Throughout the ambush, Wilson shows the viewer the events leading to how he became Deadpool. Um, well, that's actually quite a you know a lot of sequences there. They've glossed over um, a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because it's actually over an hour before he says, "Okay, now you're all caught up," and they're back to the. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> over an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. After being dishonorably discharged as a Canadian Special Forces operative, because uh, <laughs> they've got them, uh, Wilson works as a freelance bursary until he meets a prostitute named Vanessa, uh, played by. Um, That's Marina Baccarin. Marina Baccarin. Yep. Um, and there's a whole big sequence there too. That's like that's a huge sequence. Oh, it's um, hilarious. That's one of my mon- favourite scenes. A montage. The sex montage, as I've noted it down in my notes. Yes, the um, well, the calendar sex montage. Mm. I guess is probably the best one. Like, yeah, uh, and funny too. Like it's not just kind of like you know, um, you know, sort of just yeah, sexy times. There's um, you know, it plays with a few things. Um, well, there's Valentine's Day. There's of, uh, Chinese yeah. New Year. Then there's the yep. International Women's Day, which is, is rather disturbing. Um, and yep. then we get to Halloween and then obviously Thanksgiving and then I think they're just about to celebrate Christmas. Hmm. Um, yeah, so lots of you know cool stuff. We get a lot of backstory there. Um, uh, they become romantically involved and a year later she accepts his marriage proposal. Wilson is then pretty much you know falls over um, and is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Uh, though, and he eventually leaves Vanessa without warning, so she will not have to watch him die. But he's also got the the um, the lure of a cure, I suppose. Like you know, yeah, we can make you better. We can you know fix the cancer. Um, so, and this is a, a mysterious recruiter approaches Wilson and offers him an experimental treatment for his cancer. He's taken to a laboratory run by Ajax and Angel Dust. Um, and Ajax is aka Francis. Mm. Um, 
who inject him with a serum designed to awaken latent mutant genes in his body. They subject Wilson to days of torture to trigger any mutation he, uh, he may have without success. Um, when Wilson discovers Ajax's real name is Francis and mocks him for him, Ajax leaves him with a, in a hyperbaric chamber that periodically takes um, to the verge of asphyxiation over the weekend. Um, pure bot, pretty right. I think it's like he leaves him there on that kind of cusp, like, you know, gasping for breath. Um, this finally activates a regenerative healing factor that counteracts Wilson's cancer, but leaves him severely disfigured with tumor-like scars over his entire body. He escapes from the uh, chamber and attacks Ajax, but relents when told that the dis his disfigurement can be cured. In the chaos, Ajax subdues Wilson and leaves him for dead in a now-burning laboratory. Actually, they have a real problem with this part. The um, how he how he gets out of the hyperbaric chamber. What with the the match? Yeah, doesn't so oxygen do doesn't do that. It'll it'll make something like brighter, but like it'll. It'll, um, It'll fuel the fire, but it, it doesn't ignite. Nah, does it, it's, does a, it's a movie, though. I mean, it, does, yeah, it I doesn't. Know, but I mean, even with X Men, yeah. it was it was a hard one to kind of like you know you you've got your um, uh, suspension of disbelief kind of ticking over, and like you know a lot of that happens, and especially in like you know fight scenes where you've got like twelve guys against one, and and like you know yeah yeah this one guy's like he's got this he goes I believe that um but yeah like as a scientist like you know yeah I'm gonna put this match here and it's gonna ignite the oxygen it's like nah fuck that that's wrong <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's um I love the part at the start where he's where he counts down the number of bullets he's got mm. and then has to join obviously he he's only got twelve bullets and he's got to kill more than that those many men and he's yeah you know, he, he takes three out at one time and a couple at another time and it's just really well done uh, that yep. that opening whole opening sequence the fight sequence is fantastic like it well, really the credit sequence the film. yeah even the credit sequence which is that kind of like it, it is the slow, super slow motion version mm. of that fight um you know is is like you you're seeing what's going on and then like you get you know it speeds up for like, like the actual fight, and you're going, oh, I, I saw this before. Well, it's got the um, song, Just Call Me Angel yeah. in the Morning, mm. baby. It's just got yeah. that plane over the top as it's going through. And I think, mm. like, the credits are like it's, you know, by, it's been produced by overpaid wankers or something like that. Yeah. Like, all different sort of things. Yeah. Uh, mm. Writers, they're the real heroes here, and things like that. Like, it's quite witty the way they've done that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, oh, yeah. Hopefully, obviously, the, the for fans of the comics probably, and which I'm not, um, in like that kind of uh, vein of Deadpool comics. It's like you know trying to boot off from that. Yep. Um, so Wilson survives due to his new healing abilities and seeks out Vanessa. He does not reveal to her that he is alive out of fear that she will reject his new appearance. His vein is to, you know is uh, Wade Wilson. Um, after consulting with his best friend Weasel. TJ, is that TJ Miller? That is TJ Miller. Mm. Um, I like Hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wilson decides to hunt down Ajax for the cure. He becomes a masked vigilante, adopting the name Deadpool from Weasel picking him in a dead in a Deadpool, um, where they bet on who's going to die first, and moves into the home of an elderly blind woman named Al. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> just a random character. Like, it's just yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Over the course of the next year, he questions and murders many of Ajax's associates until one, the recruiter, reveals Ajax's whereabouts. This information allows Deadpool to enact the ambush. He kills all of Ajax's henchmen, subdues Ajax himself, and demands the cure. But the X-Men Colossus and his tra trainee Negasonic Teenage Warhead interrupt him. Colossus attempts to convince Deadpool to mend his ways and join the X-Men, but Deadpool turns him down, taking advantage of this distraction Ajax escapes and regroups with Angel Dust. Is there a, Two of them. Is there a Megasonic Teenage Warhead movie? No, give it time. Not that I'm aware of. No, not yet. I think she's very much kind of... Pretty strong. Yeah, she's yeah, pretty she, cool. She'll blow stuff yeah. up pretty big. Hmm. Um... Yes, Ajax escapes and regroups with Angel Dust. The two of them then head to the uh, Weasel's Bar where Ajax hears of Vanessa by looking at a photo and... TJ TJ Miller's weasel obviously standing in front of the photo rather than kind of you know that guy. Um, Ajax kidnaps Vanessa and takes her to a decommissioned helicarrier in a scrapyard. In response, Deadpool convinces Colossus and Negasonic to help him get her back. 
They battle Angel Dust and Crop. Uh, Angel, I know, sorry, a Crop and a group of Ajax's men. Uh, while Deadpool fights his way to Ajax during the battle, Negasonic accidentally destroys the supports, keeping the helicarrier stable. Deadpool protects Vanessa as the ship collapses all around them, while Colossus carries Negasonic and Angel Dust to safety. Ajax attacks Deadpool again, but is overpowered. He reveals a cure never existed to begin with, and despite Colossus's pleas, a Deadpool. <laughs> Executes Ajax is probably the better way to say it. I do love that. He's going this great speech, this really fantastic speech. And then it all of a sudden just back. What would you do for years? Yeah. Well, you just take it too long. You're, you're droning on. Yeah. Um, though he does promise Colossus that he'll try to be more heroic moving forward. Vanessa then angrily berates Wilson for leaving her, um, but he, she reconciles with him after she sees his disfigured face and learns the real reason why he never came back to her. Um, yeah. Very beautiful. Hmm. Um, sad that they, don't actually, they haven't mentioned Dupinda in here. No, no. I was going to yeah. mention we, we've got a couple of mentions. Of, mm. Should have a couple of mentions of Dupinda, the taxi driver. He's he's very funny. Yeah. Um, in a post credit scene, Deadpool imitates the post credit scene of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, stating they only have enough money to left to announce that Cable will show up in the sequel. The end. End movie. I don't know who that is. Mm. But, yeah. Dupinda. No, the Cable. sequel. Guy. Cable. Um, I only yeah, know because I, I watched Deadpool 2. So. Yeah. He's a time traveling assassin guy, I think. Hero, maybe. I don't know. I like time travel. Mm. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. All right. Where to? Uh, over to cast and characters. We'll start going through our categories. <clears throat> Obviously, we've got to start with Ryan Reynolds, who played Wade Wilson, aka Deadpool. Thoughts? Hmm. Yes. Um, he is great. Uh, he, like, you mentioned one of the the reviews that, like, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds could, probably could have been one of the, the few people to play him. And I kind of believe that. We, we used to, I think early out, we had that kind of, like, you know, who would you cast differently? And it was like, no one. Mm. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds has that kind of a manner, mannerism that kind of, you know, is similar to that sort of Deadpool. Like, he's witty, he's fast. You know, it kind of fits in with that um, that characterization. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think the opposite. Glenn hates it, apparently. No, I just think the opposite. I, I think anyone could have played that role, and it's very Ron Reynolds. It's not really. It's just when you see him in other situations, not in this movie, he reminds you of this character. Like the way he, it's just his voice and his uh, mannerisms are very fit fit into the Deadpool character already anyway, so it's not really uh doesn't feel like a character. It feels like Ryan Reynolds. Ooh. Interesting. Maybe, yeah. I could I could I could see where you're pointing there, Glenn. And I think, yeah, you you are right, Glenn. I mean Ryan Reynolds does play Ryan Reynolds in most movies. Like he's not <clears throat> he's yeah, not like a like, Nick Cage who's who can transform or a you know, these sort of people. Like he does play Ryan Reynolds in just about everything he does. Like you couldn't uh, see uh, Keanu doing this or anything, but you, you could see one of those, I don't know, uh, one of those other action-y type actors jumping into one of those. Like, I mean, I'm curious who you mean, like you know, because yeah. I, I can't think of any. Like I, I the guy I in the Jurassic, the the guy in the new Jurassic Park movies, Chris, uh, whatever his oh, name is, Chris Pine. No, no, Chris no, Pine could do it because I think he's got, maybe. and this is the thing with Ryan Reynolds and I've said I think he's perfectly suited for this role because he's got the comedic chops to to do it and he's very fast and quippy mm. and yeah he's got that natural charisma but he's also got the athleticism to pull it off like <clears throat> you know I don't think you could use someone like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or a Stallone in something like this because it's they also, don't yeah they might they, they're happy to throw a couple of witty one liners um put in um but they don't think the athleticism Spider-Man guy could have done this if he wasn't Spider-Man. Like it's very similar. Tom Holland. Which one? Tom Holland. Yeah, no, uh, the one. Yeah, he's... I think so. Yeah, and he does the. Nah, you know, he's he's a bit dark. He has the one line. He comes, but he would have fit yeah. if he didn't know it was Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. He would have fit. He could have made it his okay, own. Okay, maybe in, maybe in Andrew Garfield, but I don't think Tom Holland could have. He's not. Anyway. But yeah, but I think I don't I think, think Andrew Garfield's got the athleticism faster. and the the physicality to do it. Does he? I don't know. I haven't. I mean, it's probably they're all probably pretty fit. And anyway, probably, it's, I, let's I be honest, just, it's all probably stump people anyway. So I just think Ryan Reynolds isn't special. Like well, that, there could be no one else, but he's fine. I mean, he's, yeah, he's enjoyable to watch, and he seems 
nice guy. But I, I just feel like yep. it's Ryan Reynolds in a suit, in a Deadpool suit. <laughs> well, I think he does a similar job. But um, I don't know. I I think he, the way he delivers the the all the one-liners in this makes it perfect for him. And yes, you probably could put someone else in. I don't know if they'd be as effective. Um, yeah, he's obviously always happy to get that smutty, dirty sort of sort of stuff going, and he, which he actually seems to love. And he, he's pretty self-deprecating in this as well. Like he's happy mm. to take shots at himself, which I think Lots there are very few actors that would. Mm. So, but Chris Pine would be a good shout, actually, Glenn, if truth be told. You mean, I think Glenn has been Christopher Pratt. Which one's it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I get them all mixed up. up. Yeah, same. Yeah. We put any, any, any Chris. He's, a, he's the Jurassic. Put he- yeah, any Chris. Just put Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth in. Or Chris anything. Evans in there. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, Ryan Reynolds is the one. Oh. All right. Who's next? Uh, Marina Baccarin, who played Vanessa. Every time I see her, it's like the first time. Ooh. Ooh. No, well, that's that good. I don't know. It's a line from the movie. I just thought when he saw her. Ah, oh. right. Okay, that's nice. I thought you just meant that. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was very um, poetic, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did. Whoever wrote the script, very poetic. Yes. And it is Chris yeah. Pratt from Jurassic Park, not Chris Pine, as I've said about four times. Mm. But anyway, he'd be good. Um. Here. Anyway, back to different. <laughs> um, I think she. I think she's great. I mean, it's hard to like. You know, could you have put anyone else in here and had the same result? Probably. Um. Does she kind of hold it against uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I think like you know she does like you know the screen presence is just as good and um, you know fires back that same wittiness, which is you know what you need against like you know I suppose a a love interest. She's not a it's hard to call a leading lady in the sense that like you know she is the romantic interest uh, yeah. and then he disappears and then he's doing all this stuff and then you know he comes back and saves her. But um, yeah. Yeah, I loved her. I thought, you know, she obviously plays a love interest. Um, and I thought she was excellent. You know, mm. she, she, I thought she matched, you know, Reynolds in those, that, the conversational humor parts of the movie where they were together. And, and, and I don't know, there can, it, there was a, there was actually a genuine chemistry between the two. It, like it Indeed. felt like it was genuine. So, yeah, it's better um, than Rose Byrne and Heath Ledger in uh, Two Hands. Not as awkward. Remember that, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think they just it worked. They played off each other well, and I think yeah, you, know, you it did you did feel some sort of chemistry between the two, and I think that helps. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed her character, Gwen. Yeah, I agree that she was she was good, and I enjoy watching her. She's um, yeah, but it pro- you could have slipped in anyone really to, for that. It's not a it's not a great role, really. Um, so mm. yeah, and, and she, she did fine. Like she was good. I like, I looked actually when I saw her, I was like, oh, who is that? I, I remember her from somewhere and I looked her up to see her other movies and that's when I thought, well, oh, I wonder when Michael's leaping actually, cause I saw some films there and I thought, Ooh, so we'll see, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's good at that. You know, she plays, I think, uh, the wife, she always play, uh, not always, but she often plays the, the partner of a main, you know, the main person in a film. Yeah, which I mean, that's the sad thing about Hollywood movies. A lot of them, isn't it? That mm. that's the, that's yeah. a lot of the roles for women. But um, she's she was um, good at it. I mean, she's she's a good actor, and she's very. She's done attractive. a bit of TV. Yeah, um, she was actually the in V. I'm not sure if you saw the remake of V. Um, yes, which was that kind of yeah. She was the lead, one of the lead yes. villains oh, in that, I guess. That's right. um, yes. And she was yeah, she was good in that. And um, but like I think. You know, in TV and film, criminally, criminally un- underused. Is that a, is, so, is that yeah, a TV? Great. I'd love to is see that a movie all. or a TV that V thing. V, uh, V is V is a movie. No, no, TV. Ah, TV so series. we can't we can't leap there. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I like that show. Um, Ed Screen Scrine, who played Ajax, or AKA Francis. Wasn't that scary of a film? I mean, you really could. He could have been anyone. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't. Oh, I thought he was um, all right. I thought he played it well. Yeah. Um, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like, very scary, really. He just looked like a everyday sort of guy. He didn't really look like no, scary. Just like, like a dude. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else, but unless he's in, obviously he's in other stuff. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, it was like you know acceptable performance. Like you know, you obviously um, when, when, got into it. Uh, when I, Ryan Reynolds, in terms of when I say he doesn't look that scary and the, you know the physical stuff, not that great. If I saw him in person and he did this podcast, I'd say he probably does look scary then. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, he's here! Um, you're the scariest guy that I know. I've <laughs> seen today next to Nick Cage. Man, um, hey, I, I don't know. I thought he was solid. I thought he was. Like a pretty good foil, physically sort of matched up to to Ryan Reynolds. I thought that worked out pretty well. Uh, TJ Miller, who played Weasel, funny. I, I like listening to TJ Miller and stuff. Is that and, the um, is that the I say friend? Like, you know, that's the friend. Yeah, the friend. Yeah. The, oh, the comic relief. Yeah, he because um, he was in. Uh, yeah, and he does a lot of those roles. Like he's done it in. Um, uh, oh, what was it uh, Big Hero Six? Um, he's one of the comic reliefs in there. Um, we saw him in, oh, what is that? Uh, Ready Player One. He's the um, the big guy in the, like he plays the suit. You know, like the the skull suit. I forget what his name was. Yeah. Um, he that's his voice, and you expect that to be kind of like you know, I'm a big guy, but it, it's like comes out. You know, it's T.J. Miller. Um, so yeah, like you know that sort of role, you know, is something he you know he does, and uh, it's always amusing. So, um, and it was good to like that banter between him and. Reynolds was uh was a very comical. Yeah, he had that sort of I different loved. delivery to Ryan Reynolds. A lot flatter, yeah. a lot less energy but still, to it, but still just as just witty. as cutting, just as witty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought he was pretty cool. I thought he was good, mm. nice character, good comedic chops. What he did well. Yep. Um, anyone else? Depender. Yeah, he was funny. Yep. He was. Um, he was. Oh, what's his name? I, he needs his own movie. Well, it's funny you say that. Oh, he probably does need his own movie. Um, he is in. I've seen um, him in some. Uh, he is in uh, Karen Sony. Um, I think he was made a recent appearance in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Universe. Uh, but he is in a TV show called, and it'll come to me, um, Miracle Workers um, with Steve Buscemi and, and Daniel Radcliffe. Um, and he's very funny in that. So, uh, Yeah. Enjoyable to watch. So, obviously, more cameo in this, but you know, if you want to see him in sort of bigger stuff, um, yeah, see him in the in the Ghostbusters with which featured the women. Oh yeah, he was the um, he was the delivery guy um, with the um, the dumplings or whatever it was. Uh, he's in Spider Man Across the Spider Verse too. Yep. So yeah, no, he's uh, he's. He's good. Like, he's funny. I thought he was really um, good in this. I enjoyed him in this. Yeah. He just uh, he popped in. He was funny when he came in. He had the guy in the trunk and stuff like that. Just made me laugh. Yeah. Spider-Verse. I hope he, leap, you know, leap to spider I don't know what he's done in. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, the, I hope in, like, Deadpool 3, like, we see more of him. Mm. Like, you know, you know, take it to a new level. It'd be hilarious. Um, yeah. And that's all your actors. Beautiful. All right. That's Open it up for favourite scene. Glenn, I'll go to you first. <laughs> uh, nothing really stood out for me. Probably probably the opening sequence on the bridge, the whole bridge scene, uh, the whole fight, the whole action sequence, and, and the one at the end as well. There wasn't actually much for a superhero movie. There wasn't a lot of action in this movie. It was mostly those two scenes, really. Uh, I think there was a little fight somewhere in the middle, but it was mostly just talking and characters going around talking about stuff not much action uh, which surprised me but so yeah those two major um, sequences probably my favorite it was mentioned a few times as more of a romantic comedy mm. this is a romance it's a horror apparently as well <laughs> yeah Robert you know and you know anti-hero movie he does kill a few people he kills a lot of people in this yeah um so for me, I, yeah, I agree with Glenn. The opening of the film is excellent. Yeah, we get some great fight scenes. Um, yeah, I thought they just the way they put it all together, how it started. You know, had that you know, "Angel in the Morning" is the song, and then it goes Star- into very this great action sequence. And mm. yeah, I thought they did it really well. And then the action and the fights and the you know the, the kills and all that were actually really well done. Uh, and then he gets shot up the ass, which made me laugh. Um, mm. The sex montage is fantastic. It's just funny. It makes me laugh every single time I've watched it. I've giggled 
immaturely at it every single time. Uh, and I just think it works uh, really well. And then the killing montage after he works out his name, we see all the different suits. First he starts off with his white suit and then he gets all blood all over it. And, um, Blind Owl just tells him that he should just make his suit red so then they can't see the blood. So that's what he does. And, yeah, we first see this crappy sort of suit. It sort of reminded me of um, that Spider-Man movie you did. Um mm. Into the Spider Verse, I think it was. Uh, I mean, even original Spider Man with, um, oh, what's his face? Toby Maguire. Uh, Toby Maguire. It had the similar thing. Like there was a shit suit and a kind of yeah. a bowl. And then, so just as a suit of bowls. But then obviously we get all these, the different killings and just Ryan Reynolds making quippy, quippy gags everywhere and just some brutalized kills and yeah, just a bit of fun. So that would mm. probably be my three. Nice. Michael? Um, Look, I really enjoyed like the climactic sort of fight scene. That was uh, that was fun and hilarious, in and full of action. And the I really liked the the alternative battle between uh, Angel Dust and Colossus. Like, um, you know, she says, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" And then you know, punches him in the nuts. And of course, you know, we saw Ryan Reynolds do that earlier. You know, as, um, as Deadpool's like, you know, he's broken his hand, and then you know, she punches him, and he's like, he's like, you know, goes down for the count. Like, um, so that was quite funny. Um. There's a lot of kind of witty scenes that we saw. I mean, you know, and the sex montage, yes, that is good. Um, the, I mean, that sequence with the, um, on the bridge, also good, a lot of fun. Um, apart from that, it's hard to pin down the thing. I like, you know, I really enjoyed the banter moments, I think. And like, you know, Glenn was saying, yeah, there's a lot of talking, but a lot of that talking is, it's quite funny and quite witty. Mm. So, yeah. Yep. Nothing really different from all of you. Uh, notable aspects or other enjoyable moments. Glenn, did you have hmm. anything? Um, I was surprised. Like I, I went into this thinking I hate this movie when I watched it last time, but I was actually surprised that it didn't, for me, it didn't actually overdo it too much. I thought it was all right, the, the banter and the jokes and all that. It, it didn't, because I remember hating this movie and then I read some reviews before I watched it and it was all like, I, you know, looked looked up all the bad reviews because I wanted to remind myself what uh. I thought of this movie. And I was reading about you know, oh, it's you know, gross gross out humor, and they it's too much, and it's not even funny. And I was like, I thought it was actually not overdone too much. I, I thought it was well spread through the film, and it wasn't repeated too much, and it was it wasn't too, it wasn't that bad. Some of the di- like a lot of the dialogue was it was fun. It was reasonably enjoyable. Um, I thought it took went went on a bit long some parts but um so yeah i guess i did enjoy a bit of the dialogue it was quite good and it's a zombie land writers so um mm. that makes sense but um it's also yeah. a six underground writers just for the record i was i was surprised to that that i didn't hate it as much as i went in thinking um yeah oh that's mm. good so we should see more than a zero then so that's a positive <laughs> i was yeah <laughs> uh, nice. anything else glenn no, no, not, not, not really. No, no, yeah. Um, uh, Michael, the 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 contrary sort of like music, I think, was kind of quite interesting. Like you know, you talked about like you know the mage or what, darling, and that's like going over a sequence of violence. Um, you know, as people are being ripped apart. Um, the calendar girl during the sex montage. You know, love, 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 my calendar girl. Mm. Happy International Women's Day. Um, you know, like it was just. It's like this kind of, they were clever with how they put that music together. Mm. Like, you know, it really kind of, it was, it matched the mood in a contrary way, if that makes sense. Like, you know, what we're seeing was kind of, you know, not necessarily matching, but it, it made it funny. Like, it brought comedy to that kind of, the, the visuals. Yeah, I um, said something similar. Like, for me, the score, the music was great. You know, we had some classics and we had some of the newer sort of music, a bit of rap and whatever, and. Yeah, it was used both well in terms of situation as well comedically, which is basically mm. what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, I thought they did it well. Um, the I mean, like you know, what you say? How much? How much is what was the budget on this film? Fifty eight mil. Fifty eight million, and like you know, rating obviously lots more. Mm. Um, there's so many other superhero movies that have bigger budgets and and fail hard, um, and this one kind of does a really good job with that sort of what it's got. Like it's it's gone for a simple you know, um, story, which is like, you know, uh, I love a girl, I've got cancer, I want to find a cure for cancer, oh shit, now I'm an anti-hero, 
Um, I look hurt, hideous. I don't want to go back. I'm, I'm scared. Um, you know, now a girl's kidnapped. I'm gonna rescue her. Um, you know, so there's nothing, nothing wild about its plot, but uh, it does treat that sort of like it does go like it's an enjoyable film in that respect. Like you know, it takes a simple plot and um, you know puts all the the padding around it that it kind of really supports it and makes it amusing and like you know i know they've made 800 million dollars off it um they could have they could have afforded an extra x-men <laughs> the one well the, the, bu- I think the budget went up for for number two Gwen. it went up to 110 million and i think they do get some more x-men in so maybe that's where the money's gone <laughs> so. okay well and for the third one wolverine very exciting mm-hmm. looking forward to that um yeah, but that's mainly the it. And like you know, I think Glenn touched on it. It's a you know, it's a fun script. Um, I think it really kind of does a lot with the actual film. So it really rides on that script and and the actors you you know saying those words in a in a really funny way. So. Yeah, and look, you know that a lot of it's going to be ad libbed as well. I mean, when you bring in someone like Ryan Reynolds, he's going to ad lib and mm. do his own thing. Um, yeah, obviously there were some great fight scenes. We had some awesome deaths, which is always fun. Uh, in these sorts of things. Um, it's a movie that doesn't necessarily rely a lot on CGI, but it, when it did, I don't know if it always quite hit the mark and that sort of threw me off at, at, at times, which is a bit annoying. Um, <laughs> I don't know I, wrote, I don't know why I wrote this. I love the little hand that Deadpool has at one stage. I don't know why it makes me laugh <laughs> each time. Um, I think it's because it's how he's going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Also makes me laugh. Um, it's very meta. It's very self-aware. Like it's very mm. referential to other movies. Like when he cuts off his hand, he goes, oh, have you seen, uh, you know, that movie? Oh, um, spoiler. 127 hours. 27 yeah. hours, whatever it is. No, 127. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we knew it. The news was out there that a guy had cut off his arm to get out of a boulder and like, you know, yeah. um, save his life. You know, that's. I didn't know. You haven't heard of that, Clint? Nah. It was big news at the time. Yeah. I'm not leaving there. <laughs> uh, you know, there's all those mentions of of, of um, obviously Hugh Jackman. There's there's multiple you know mentions of him, or not necessarily mentions, but yeah, pictures and all that sort of stuff. Um, which the mask? Yeah, there. which mask when he, when he takes off his mask? Which obviously refers back to him and Ryan Reynolds having a bit of a a, a playful battle over the journey. So you know, I just think it did that well. It was, and the movie mm. knew what it was, and I don't think it ever took itself too seriously, which I think you know sometimes no. these movies do. Um, so I thought that was really well done. Yep. Uh, questions, queries, tidbits. Um, I've got a couple. Can I, I'll go. I've got a couple. Yeah, you go. They keep mentioning yeah, yeah. Christmas, like in this movie, they mentioned Christmas quite a few times, but it didn't look like a Christmas movie. Is it? Can we is it a Christmas movie? Christmas movie? Well, that's what I'm asking. That's the question because how many times did they talk about Christmas, Christmas Day, or Christmas time? Uh, they mentioned it a few times, but it didn't. I think that's when, because it had been they'd been together for that year or over that, assuming over a year they'd gotten to Christmas, which is the end of the year, and that's when he asked her to marry her, marry him. Yeah, so but it was I also later on. Is, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but anyway, it was quite a few mentions of Christmas, and it came in again at the end, and I was like. So I wrote it down then, but um, yeah. Anyway, Christmas. It just mm, it could be because there's a few, quite a few mentions of Christmas. Um, the other couple of questions: Why keep hitting that guy when you're breaking your wrists, and you think maybe I'll kick him? You know, like you're gonna break your leg or ankle. Just like he just keeps. Come on, like. I mean, to answer your question, I mean, like, because it's funny. Hmm. Um, and then why did he hit him three times? Rule of three. It's not like, funny. You know, if you're gonna do something, do it three times. Like Nick Cage, bang, bang, bang. No. Mm. Funny ones. Yeah, rule of three. Nah. It's funny three times. Uh, a couple more. One hour, four minutes till we're all caught up. That's that's a long time to, to finish the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the opening yeah, scene. It's not really. It's like, you know, it's, it's, you get, there's two or three flashbacks. So. Yeah. Um, okay. And my last question. At the end, they're going out for this big battle and they go into this apartment wherever he lives with Blind Al or whatever and get the, get all the guns. Let's bring all the guns. And they're literally grabbing every gun and all that. But they, and then he goes and beats him up with swords and his fists. Like they don't even – why do they need all the guns? 
I think the comedy is he lives it in the car. Yeah, that's why he rings Depender yeah. and says, "Mate, can you come back?" And then Depender gets into the accident because oh, he accidentally left the bag in the in the taxi. Oh, yeah. right. I think it's playing. Yeah, I think it's playing with that classic sort of thing. Like you know, even I mean, it's a bit matrixy. Like he takes the bags of guns in and uses them all. Whereas like you know, yeah, we've got a bag of guns. You leave it in the car, and he'd done it earlier. Like you know, with leaving the ammo bag behind, so he had to use twelve bullets. Mm. So. Yeah. Anything else, yeah. mate? Uh, that's all I've got. That's all you got? Mohu? No questions, Your Honour. No questions? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple. How did Deadpool get off the pole when he was impaled in the hospital? Like, did Ooh, it, good question. Did it melt? Would it, he, no, no, he would have just grabbed it and lifted, pulled it up, I reckon. Or maybe he burnt. Well, you don't need to see. Like, that's it a, it's a superhero movie. You don't need to know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm just it. wondering how he did it. Um I mean, that's the that's the least of the problems. How did oxygen catch fire? Like, it, wow, that's <laughs> for say the match. He had a lit match because um, it's a gas. And so we know that Deadpool heals. Does his suit heal mm. as well? Because he seems to take a lot of shots over the journey, and his suit still seems relatively in pristine condition. It's a magic suit. They don't. That's a deleted scene. It's a magic suit. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't know. <laughs> There was a glaring error though where he gets stabbed in the head and then the next shot there's nothing and then the next shot there's a heap of blood there. It was quite, it was quite funny. Anyway, mm. uh, Michael, over to you for trivia. Um, through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, 13-year-old Conor McGrath, a terminally ill fan from Edmonton, requested to attend a special event for Deadpool 2016 in January, which turned out to be one of the two special screenings in New York and Los Angeles for fans. He couldn't make it due to the severity of his illness. Reynolds heard the story, travelled to Edmonton, and surprised him with a private screening of the uh, film. Reynolds said the boy was the first person to ever see the film. They kept in touch until Connor's passing a few months later. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, he's in online. During a talk at uh, Google, Ryan Reynolds revealed that taxi driver character Depinder was named after a really cool guy he knew in elementary school who died when hit by lightning. <laughs> the character was meant to be a tribute to him. Um, at around 22 minutes... Uh, after Vanessa, a weight of ski ball and a trading in their winning tickets for prizes, a large stuffed dog wearing a Deadpool attire can be seen hanging behind the counter. This refers to Dogpool, a canine version of Deadpool from an alternative universe. Uh, while filming, Ryan Reynolds visited sick kids via Make-A-Wish Foundation as Deadpool. I wonder if that's part of the marking here. They wouldn't have had any idea who he was. It hadn't been released yet. They were like, what's this guy in a red... Outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reynolds has said that Deadpool will be the last comic book character he will ever portray. However, he doesn't object to future Deadpool sequels and or cameos. I suppose that's a definitely a reference to never going to play the Green Lantern again. Mm. Um, in an interview, writer Reese, uh, Rhett Reese stated that Negasonic Teenage Warhead wasn't always intended to be in the film. Other X-Men such as Cannonball were considered, but they eventually used Negasonic Teenage Warhead because they liked her name better. But what if she gets older? Yeah, what do you do with a teenage? Mm. So I think she's in like she's in the next film, so we'll find out. Um, mm. Deadpool costume originally had a muscle layer beneath it, uh, but it had to be removed. Ryan Reynolds was so muscular, the costume was only uh, not only too tight for him, but it made him look over large. <laughs> it's the Batman thing all over again. Um, Ryan Reynolds' full body makeup took eight hours to apply. Uh, once it was on, he was not able to sit or lie down. Doesn't he lie down for part of the film? Um, obviously Reynolds kept his Deadpool costume after filming completed. Technically, he didn't ask to, nor did he give anyone a chance to take it from him. Uh, when 20th Century Fox found out about this, the studio just let him keep it. Probably the best. Yeah, full of holes anyway. It's just made $782 I think they're probably happy to give away the suit. Yeah. Uh, Reynolds has said that there are over 100 references throughout the entire film, including Easter eggs, pop culture references, cameos, and direct hits at other... um, Marvel films. I believe that. I wonder what cameos were there. Um, Reynolds was involved with revising the script. The writers, cast members were allowed to improvise in some scenes. Um, there was the Stan Lee. Um, yeah, Stan cameo. Lee was a cameo. There was another guy yeah. who was involved with the comic, I think, um, who's in, who's also in the strip club. No, he's in the bar. The strip club. That's right. There was a strip club scene. Um the film was shot in 48 days. Uh, when Gina Carano did the junkyard fight scene, she was more worried about spiders than any, anything else, even her stunts. 
هي قاعد ااا uh, and one more um <laughs> uh, the taxi Uh, time for our final thoughts and ratings. Obviously, we do rate out of 10, 10 being a fantastic film, zero being a terrible film, and five being somewhere in between. Michael, I will leave you to last. Glenn, I'll go to you first. What rating um, out of 10 do you give Deadpool? I didn't hate it as much as I thought. I also don't really like it. Um, so for me, it's somewhere in the middle. Um I was thinking four, but then I looked at my score for King Arthur, which we did recently, which was four, and it's better than that. So I've given it four and a half. <laughs> four and a half, Glenn. Jeez. Wow. Well, I, 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 yeah. Below average film. I was worried I was going to have to give it a one. When I went in, I thought, I went in thinking one um, before I even started, but it was better than I expected. Um, yeah. <laughs> 0.5 better than you expected. No, well, I expected to give it a one, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, this is a 7.75. I gave it that because I gave Bullet Train an eight and I don't think this is quite as good as Bullet Train. I really enjoyed Bullet Train. Ooh. Nowhere near as good. Um, yeah, obviously I'm someone who's not really a superhero fan, uh, but I think this movie is probably the exception. Um, Reynolds takes, takes this movie to another level. The humour, the violence, the crudeness makes it unique and it's really fun to watch overall. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times now and enjoyed both times. I even watched the watch sequel and I really enjoyed the sequel. So um, I do feel though the first watch that I had of it was probably better, um, which is odd, but um, I guess just because of the uniqueness of it. But yeah, overall, it's a really fun film. So for me, it's a seven point seven five. Nice. Um, I think there's a lot of hilarious jokes in here, and you know, it it's playful. Which is fun, and you know, you you don't see a lot of the superhero films like that. Uh, I think the closest is um, Thor Ragnarok, um, which was you know a hilarious kind of outing uh, in that you know Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um, you know, this one stands on its own in a lot of regards in that it doesn't actually make up you know twenty eight films, um, but it's funny and amusing, and you know, it is rewatchable. Is it something you're going to rewatch like you know on a regular basis? Uh, well, it stacks unless you're a massive fan, and like you know, given that like it made eight eight hundred million, it probably there's a lot of fans mm. out there. Um, Reynolds is you know hilarious to watch. I was you know I've enjoyed him in most of his films, um, and yeah, like it was just fun. There's nothing really overly. I mean, the the fight scenes are well choreographed, but the you know the in between stuff is not outstanding. There's nothing kind of special done with its you know filming or color grading or editing or special effects. But you know, it's a solid film. A decent outing at a 7.5. Jeez, I've given it a higher rating than you, Michael. Yeah. It's interesting. This is a stepping stone. Yeah. I mean, was it is it as good as the, you know, unbearable weight of massive talent? I don't know. And, you know, uh, 0.25, no. I thought it was, but you mm. didn't. Nor did Glenn. Yeah. All right. So with a score of 7.75 from me, a 7.5 from Michael, and a 4.5 from Glenn, that gives us a total score of 19.75. So this will now fit into the top 10. Um, it is slightly better than Whiplash, Out of Sight, Three Billboards and 8mm, which are currently in the ten number 10 position up with a score of 19. But it is just behind Contagion on 20.5. Ooh. Three Billboards is that, that far down our list. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Remember? Right. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go back and check, Glenn? No, not really. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, it got a six, seven, and a six, so it probably doesn't have the one like that really big score to back it up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, still a solid film. Uh, obviously, our top three is still Jurassic Park on twenty six point five, Get Out on twenty five point five, and Ready Player One, uh, and The Dish. Uh, equal third on 23. Six Underground is our lowest ranking film currently this year in the number 19 <laughs> spot on 
after being unfairly judged <laughs> by someone on this pod. Uh, obviously, over to socials, obviously we do ask that you rate and share our pod so other people can listen to us and find us, please. Uh, we are on X or Twitter, as it used to be called, at Cinematic Leap is our handle. We can also be found on Facebook. Just search for Cinematic Leap. Obviously, our pod can be heard on all major networks where you can find good and bad podcasts. Uh, and don't forget our fantastic website, cinematicleap.com, which you know, Glenn's put a lot of work in and it, it looks awesome. So you can find out all the scores from the past three seasons uh, as well as the scores from the Halloween and Christmas movies that we've done. All right, Michael, over to you because it's now time for our... Cinematic Leap. All right, so that's one of your three down. One Indeed. prong of your trident has been plucked, twanged, yep. broken. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who right. are we leaping with? Well, I can tell you we're not leaping with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Um, you know, and I was potentially thinking Free Guy, and it's a that's a fun film. Um, that we're not leaping with Karen Sony uh, to Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which was a, an option. Yep. Um, we are leaping with Barina Baccarini. Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Glenn, you have uh, yep. called this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to a film that I, I fell in love with uh, when it came out. Yeah. Um, it's called Serenity. Um, now, it's it, it actually spawned from a Firef- uh, um, the TV series called Firefly by... Um, you know, held by Joss Whedon. Um, but I saw the film first. Um, so I hadn't seen any of that stuff. In fact, I was kind of like, you know, uh, you know, this other TV series, whatever. Um, and then the movie came out. I thought, oh, I'll go see it. And yeah, I loved it. And then that spurred me to watch the TV series and then appreciate the film even better. So yeah. All right. And a serenity. We're going to serenity. So for people who are wanting to watch it, obviously like myself, who has to, uh, it is mm-hmm. not available for free on any streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> it is only it is available on Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or Apple TV. Or uh, Michael's House Blu-ray, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, that's right. We'll go to <laughs> yeah. Michael's House for Blu-ray. Uh, just it is cheaper on Amazon at three dollars ninety nine to rent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Oh, you to pay for it, bloody hell. <laughs> at least you're not paying for like La La Land or something. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. true. That is that is very yeah. true. Mm. All right, so I'm curious where you're going to go after this, Michael. Oh, you're going to love it, GeForce. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, you won't, you won't. I don't know if you will love it, but you'll love where you can go from there. Okay, so. well, that sounds good. Yes. Yeah, I do, yeah I'm, I am, I'm hopeful that you'll give me something to leap to. Yeah, you've absolutely got that. If you like my film or not, I don't know. Um, I'm not fussed, you know, because these, uh, this film, Serenity, and the next film, just brilliant pieces of work. Yeah. So. Well, that's what the thing is. That's what the three movies mm-hmm. is. It's just about you picking the movies that you want to see. So that's right. And I want to make you guys watch. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. All right. Thank you guys for listening to our review of Deadpool, uh, and hopefully you'll listen to us next time when we review the movie Serenity, uh, Michael's second choice of his three movies in a row. Thank you all for listening. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.